Welcome to Gates Everything, the podcast ranging in subject from sex to astrophysics. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was interviewed by Anne-Marie Bola on her Breaking Ground podcast about how men will stay significant with robots and AI. Now, at the tail end of that podcast uh, interview, she asked me about my views on global warming or man-made climate change. And I answered her. And uh, we decided we will do a joint venture on this uh, podcast. So here it is. What do you feel about global warming? It's the most extreme existential threat to mankind. We can mess with a lot of stuff and we can even kill each other in wars, etc. Now, we will obviously bounce back from all of that. But if we kill the planet, we can't bounce back. Now, I think it's interesting that Elon Musk has this idea that the biggest problem we have is that we're a one planet race. Uh, we're just existing on one planet. And while everybody is trying to take care of this planet and, and handle stuff like global warming, he has the, the backup plan. Let's move everybody to Mars if, if we just uh, kill this planet. Now, both are relevant uh, ways to handle it, but I think we should be able to handle the planet that we are on and stop this global warming insanity that we're seeing. Now, there is an interesting book by Nicholas Taleb called Antifragile. I don't know if you read that book. Have you? No. It's a very interesting book. He talks about sort of three states things can have. You can have something that is fragile. You take some glass jar and you throw it on the floor and it goes to many pieces. It's fragile, right? And people think that the opposite of that would be a gold bar. You just throw it on the floor and nothing happens to it. It's just very, very solid. So people think that hmm, the opposite of fragile might be solid, but it's not you can go further than that. You can go to something which is anti-fragile. Whenever you hit it with something, it becomes better. Like what you do when you go to the gym. You break down muscle fiber and you become stronger by it. So the immune system, same thing. Every time you get a fever, you jack up your immune system. You're one more step away from cancer every time you get a fever. Mankind has been very anti-fragile. Every time we're hit by something, we bounce back and we're stronger by it. Every industry that is hurt significantly, if they don't die, like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, if it doesn't kill you, it will only make you stronger. So this is the concept of antifragile. I would like to think that man is antifragile also when it comes to global catastrophes like global warming, that we are able to invent technologies, ways of handling it so that we actually can come, overcome even this and be stronger by it. When we calculate how long man has actually been recording historical data of the weather trends and weather analysis. We've only been doing this, what, for maybe 500 years the most? Is that correct? Yeah, that, that is correct, except we do have indications of weather way, way back, millions of yeah. years. We have information from millions of years ago, and we understand this. We know this from all of the scientists who are doing the research when we look at the life of the planet, it is in the billions. So if we look at the timeline of where we have the recorded data, it really is a razor blade on that. We know that we've actually had multiple ice ages before. What makes us think that it's not just a natural cycle? We didn't have the chlorofluorocarbons in the air 
millions of years ago. We didn't have all of the things that are creating the, or that we are saying that creates the global warming then. We didn't have what we have right now and what we're experiencing right now back then. So I can see how some people cannot really believe in global warming. Are we actually expediting this whole process and making it worse and bringing us probably going into an ice age much faster? Absolutely. What's your take on the multiple ice ages that we've had in the past? Like what has caused that? Was it global warming back then? Now, the difference between the ups and downs we've had in the past, and there has been multiple ups and downs, and there has been uh, huge volcanoes erupting that has been changing the weather for thousands of years, and there has been all kinds of stuff happening. There was like 76, 75 million years ago, there was this huge impact in Mexico that was a huge meteorite hitting the planet, which created a lot of dust in the atmosphere. That changes the climate, obviously. But we have never, ever seen such a sharp warming of the planet like we are seeing now. There is no evidence in millions of years that we have seen this sharp a rise in the temperature as we have now, which correlates directly with CO2. You can do this experiment in laboratories and see that, yes, it does create greenhouse gas effect in the laboratories. Yeah, you can check that out. And you can see the correlation directly with how much CO2 is in the atmosphere. And that is the warming. So the danger is now, I think, only related to people trying to downplay the role. They say, you know, 97% of the scientists are on board with, yes, there is no doubt. And the rest of the 3%, uh, I've gone through a lot of this data on the 3%. What what are they objecting to? And the objection they're flagging is a lot of it is very bad science. It's calling or picking out the exact data that they want. And most of the people who are skeptical to global warming are skeptical because of the conclusion. They don't want the conclusion. Therefore, they're rigging the science to be skeptical. That is the problem I see. Got it. I think that it is a real thing. I think that what has happened in the past where there is some doubt, you, you mentioned about like global warming and the CO2. I worked with refrigerants and I had worked for an air conditioning company right out of school and they gave a lot of training on chlorofluorocarbons within refrigerants. I saw the phase change that we went when they transitioned out the R12 to R22 to R134A and all of these different things. And when I was looking at the chemical formulas on these, they forced industries to basically replace all of these compressors and to do all of the changeouts. But what happened is that some of the replacement refrigerants they still had a high global warming potential. I remember me like thinking, why are we doing all of this when in fact we're not actually solving the real problem? I understand that. And uh, I think, you know, we, we need to really get down to business and really solve it once and for all. We cannot just sort of, you know, tweak it a little bit and, and that kind of thing. We need to actually solve it. I think the car industry is handling it by making electric vehicles more competitive. And I think the way that we're going to uh, remove gasoline as a way of propelling cars is when the range of electric vehicle becomes three or four times the range of a full tank of gas. When you have that scene, nobody will buy a gasoline car anymore. It's all about the range. And the batteries will come out with range with 2,000 kilometers, etc. And when you get that type of range for an electric car, 
that's checkmate. Then we have made it. So I think technology is the solution. The innovation capacity of mankind is the solution. That's how we become anti-fragile. That's how we can bounce back and be stronger by it. But do you remember when, way back when we talked about this hole in the ozone layer, which was uh, creating a lot of cancer situation in Australia, etc.? Mm-hmm. We did fix that. And we did it by regulation. We stopped a lot of the stuff that killed the ozone layer. Now nobody is talking about it anymore because it's fixed. Exactly. So we did actually create a hole in the ozone layer. We did that. We, we messed up the planet in the upper layers, the atmosphere. But we also fixed it. And we can do the same with the global warming. Yeah. I think it all starts from the top. The same way how we created regulations to stop the production of certain items and certain uh, products and where we were able to mend that, it really boils down to that. Like that is the solution, creating these regulations that are necessary to to prevent. You know, prevention is, is better than cure. I always say that. True. Very true. <laughs> 